Hello everyone and welcome to 20 Minute Marketing. I hope you're all having a great day today. Uh, today we have a great guest, Kate. I'm just going to introduce you to her in a moment. Uh, she's going to give you a bit of a background. Um, but first off, today's episode is going to be really interesting because it's very uh, specific. Rather than looking at marketing as a whole, we're going to be talking specifically about email marketing and the do's and don'ts and how you can use it, things like that, and how it um, can be used with other platforms as well. Um, so hi Kate, um, would you mind just giving us a little bit of an introduction about yourself first of all? Hi Liam, sure, thank you so much for having me on the podcast, it's great to be here today. So my name is Kate Barrett, I'm the founder of a specialist email marketing agency called eFocus Marketing. So we provide consultancy, management and training services to companies around the world, helping them to really use email marketing more intelligently to really connect with their subscribers, their prospects, their customers. So I'm lucky enough that I've worked in email marketing for over 13 years now. Um, time flies when you're having fun, right? <laughs> <laughs> Quite some time, Absolutely. yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> and I've been lucky enough to work with brands from people just getting started with their businesses, entrepreneurs, small businesses, all the way through to multinational companies like Marks and Spencer, Soul Trader, Nissan, QVC, Adidas, a whole range of different clients, really helping them to solve their email marketing challenges and make more of the channel. So I'm also lucky enough that at the beginning of the year, I had my book published as well, which I think we're going to talk about in just a moment. But I'm sure we will. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for anyone that's interested, the name of the book is Intelligence. Email marketing isn't dead the way you're using it is. So it's all about my passion for email and really helping you guys to, again, use email more intelligently in a way that's going to truly connect with the people that you want to speak to and help you get the best results. Right. Um, very um, targeted as well, which is going to be great. Um, so yeah, let's dive into it and talk about that book and sort of your findings in the main section in just one moment. So time to get started. Let's dive into email marketing. Um, so I'm sure you have a lot to tell us about in your findings from your book, Kate. Um, and so, yeah, let's talk about email and the right ways to use it um, and maybe a little bit about the conspiracy that it might not work like it used to. Absolutely. Well, let's put that one to bed straight away, Liam, because <laughs> if you look at any of the stats that are published, you'll see that email always comes out at either the number one position or at least number two, sometimes after kind of SEO. Um, in, for the return on investment that you can get. So for every marketing pound that you're spending, that investment is just going up and up in terms of what will come back. So those numbers keep increasing. And certainly we've seen a massive jump on return on investment over the last year or so, particularly around GDPR. So we won't go into GDPR too much because we could be here all year talking about it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but what we've really seen from that is that people have 
had to strip back their audience to the people that truly want to hear from them. And really, all that legal change has done is bring people's practices in line from a legal perspective with what we've been suggesting as an industry for many 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 years um you know from before i joined the industry what we really preached as best practice was targeted segmented personalized communications and that's what gdpr has done and we've certainly seen the roi of email increase exponentially since that change So it's certainly not going anywhere. But just like the title of my book, what is happening in the industry is that the way we're using email marketing is changing. So it's no longer about that batch and blast, send the same thing to everybody. It really is, as I said, about understanding your audience and then using email marketing as a channel to connect with them. It's such a personal channel now, but it is still the number one channel that consumers want to receive emails into, want to receive information into. It's the channel that they want to receive the offers, the news, the inspiration. It's where they want to collect all of that together. And if we as marketers aren't moving with the times and understanding what our customers want, that's where we see email dying and people not getting the best results. So we've got to truly think about what do our customers want from us? Who are they? Where are they looking for this information? And how can we draw that in and push it out through email? So it really is a push channel where you're taking all of your content marketing, you're taking all of your offers, your information, and you're pushing it out to people. And strategically, it is the foundation of every marketing department. So for me, and certainly for the businesses that we work with at eFocus Marketing, it really is the underpinning of every other marketing channel. But of course, no man is an island and neither is email marketing. So it certainly works best when you take that omni-channel approach. So linking it in with your SMS marketing, for example, to have a strategy at different touch points for your, the people that you're targeting to relay that information to them in the right way, through the right channel at the right time for them. Yeah, I think that's like a really good example, obviously, with my background in SMS, because with SMS, you have you only have 160 characters, so it's short and sweet. But if you're directing someone to an email that has um, maybe a contract on there or something specific, um, they, they work really well together um, for people to um, be able to get all the information that they Absolutely. need. Absolutely. And also just to remind people to take that action so a couple of ways that i've seen my clients using the two channels together have been with either abandoned basket campaigns or to come back reorder so reorder campaigns so what we've looked at when we've created the strategies for those two types of campaigns is what are the emails that need to go out? When do they need to go out? What's the content that needs to be in each email to help us meet our end goal? And then where can we back up that conversation with an SMS as well? So if we see, for example, with a reorder strategy that after two emails have been sent, 
somebody still hasn't reordered, we might then put in an SMS before we add in a third reorder email. So we're breaking up that strategy. And, you know, what we have to understand is exactly as I've said already, we have to understand the consumer. We have to understand how they are interacting with our brand. And we have to think about that holistic approach. So as a consumer, we don't sit there and think, oh, this is coming from the email marketing department or, oh, this is coming from the social media department. We are thinking about how we're interacting with that brand as a whole. So whether we see ads on the tube, whether we see ads on TV, we see an email coming in, we see social media posts, we see SMS. They're all touch points with the brand. So we have to think about how we can have that cohesive message. And again, this is where linking that omni-channel strategy in so that you're taking your email list and you're retargeting it on Google. You're retargeting it on Facebook, on social media. You know, you can upload your email lists into these platforms to serve them ads that link in with the same messaging that you're putting in your emails, that you're putting in your SMS and creating that combined strategy. So although email sits at the absolute center of all of that and is the, the key channel for your CRM, your customer relationship management, it is certainly orbited by all of the other marketing channels. So we need to be thinking about how we're communicating with those people. And I think everything that you've just said kind of sums like my personal experience up as well in that I think there's a, a misconception that you just send an email and then wait to see what happens. And actually there's much more involved. You, you can't just send out one email every month, maybe a newsletter or something and expect people to take action. Absolutely. And the thing is that inboxes are so crowded nowadays so you have to really fight to be seen in the inbox and for people to pay attention to you so you've got kind of two ends of the spectrum you've got not sending emails enough so that people don't remember they've signed up you're not their top of mind when they need you so you're not sending them enough email and then there's the opposite end of the spectrum where you're sending them too much and they didn't expect to receive that many emails from you and the content that you're sending isn't relevant so you know this is a question that I get all the time from people saying well how much is too much how often should I send an email and my answer really is dependent on your business um you know with a lot of things in marketing it really is it depends so you need to be sending frequently enough that they don't forget you. So once a month is the absolute bare minimum that you would want to be sending, like absolute bare minimum. You'd really want to be sending more than that. But in terms of how much is too much, there isn't a definitive answer to that. And I'll tell you why. It links into the two points that, that I've just mentioned. If you set expectations on your sign-up form, so for example, if you say to somebody, if you're a daily deals website, for example, if you're a Woucher or a Groupon or a similar website to that, when somebody signs up for your emails, they are expecting to receive emails from you every day. They're expecting you to send them offers each day. So that's okay. That would be absolutely fine. 
So with those companies, they set expectations about what you're going to receive. You're expecting that from them. And the content in those emails, hopefully, (laughs) is interesting (laughs) and relevant and new each day. However, if you signed up to a website and they didn't tell you that they were going to send you an email every day, and then they did, that's going to be unexpected. That's going to be a nasty surprise. And especially if that content isn't relevant, interesting, inspirational, helpful, that's not going to be a good thing. So what you're going to see is you're going to see your unsubscribes go up. You're going to see your complaint rates go up. You're going to see your open click rates go down. So you really need to set expectations, make sure it's interesting and relevant, and understand what your audience wants from you so that you can send them the information that is most relevant to them. Um, I think, yeah, like just my personal experience as well as you can definitely relate to companies that you maybe have to sign up for more information and next minute you get in daily emails. Um, Like I had one from a, um, like a networking group and a conference and I was like, Oh, I'll just sign up to see like when the dates are and the information. And then the next thing I'm getting ticket, ticket reminders every day saying get tickets before they run out. And about two weeks in, that was it. I was like, Oh, I'm not going to even attend that event anymore. (laughs) Yeah. And that's not helpful. And I, I think that certainly what I'm working on with my clients in terms of the more advanced strategies is really tailoring what we're sending and when we're sending it based on the subscriber's behavior. So if you see somebody opening and clicking on all of your emails, they're telling you that they're really engaged with what you're sending. You may be able to send them a little bit more. If they're not opening, not clicking, you need to change your strategy accordingly. You need to try and grab their attention. You need to adjust the content that you're sending to them. So, you know, you said about just send an email and it really is so much more than that. You've got to truly understand, we've come back to this point, truly understand (laughs) who your customers are, program to manage there, but the individual emails and the content are going to be populated by the technology, absolutely. If you are just getting started with email marketing, then think about your broader segments. You know, think about if you're a clothing retailer, are you sending to men, women, or people buying for children? That could be your broad segmentation. If you are further down your email marketing journey and you're looking for a more advanced strategy, then you start to bring in different levels of data. So within marketing, you have a a data hierarchy. And I like to break it down into the, the following sections. You've got your known data, which is what people tell you about themselves. So their name, their address, that's, you know, kind of step 10. If you're only on step one, don't worry about it. If you're somewhere in between, it gives you that idea of where you should be working towards. So again, understand your consumers, move towards that one-to-one personalization where you're talking to each one individually with what's best for them. Um, yeah, and then when you get to that end goal, that is, um, the, you can't really get any more personalized. Um, Absolutely, yeah. Um, I'm just sort of going to ask you about the content of emails, because we haven't really touched on that that much. 
Um, so I was wondering if you had any techniques in terms of length or design. I know I read a few weeks ago in a blog that you should only have everything on one column of text rather than splitting it into twos or threes. Do you find that anything maybe impacts success or not? Okay, so I totally disagree with that blog is the first point <laughs> that I, I definitely want to put out. The, the design of your email... Again, you have to understand who's on your database because different lengths of email, different styles of email will depend. So if you are a content publisher versus a clothing retailer, the design of your emails, how people interact with them and therefore the lengths of them and what you include is going to be completely different. The type of clothing that they like, their shoe size, all of that type of information is known data that they've told you about. And there's a word of caution with known data. It can very quickly change. So if you get married, for example, and you change your name, your known data has changed. If you move house, your known data has changed. If you tell a website that you're moving house in six months time, well, in seven months time, that data is out of date. So it's at the bottom of the scale because it's really, really interesting, but it can change. So be aware of that. As you move up the scale, you have more and more targeted data. So you have contextual data, what people are doing right now, the device that they're opening their email on, whereabouts in the country or the world they are, what's going on for them right now. You have behavioral data. What are they opening? What emails are they opening? What are they clicking on in your emails? What are they looking at on your website? Behavioral data of what they're doing purchase data what are they buying from you right now what have they bought from you previously how many times have they bought from you how much have they spent with you what type of customer are they what are the products that they've bought all of that data and cultural data so cultural data is about cultural differences between countries cultural differences between different areas in the country so supermarkets use this a lot for example to tailor what products they're marketing to people and what those products are called as well in different areas of the country then what you've got at the very top of the pyramid is an amalgamation of all of these types of data within your artificial intelligence. So artificial intelligence is taking all of that data and it is analyzing it. It's finding the connections between the data to predict what somebody is most likely to do next. So if you're at the basic level of email marketing, that's brilliant. Get started, pick a piece of data. It could be, as we said, gender. It could be whether or not they purchased from you or not. It could be anything that you have stored in that data. Pick something to segment down so at least you're starting to talk to your audience in a more targeted way. At the advanced end, it really would be amalgamating all of those pieces of data to truly get to a one-to-one personalization level. And the, the technology out there will help you to do that with your dynamic content, with your real-time dynamic content, the dynamic fields, helping you to change pieces of information, basically, within the email, depending on who's viewing it. So the perfect example of this is product recommendations. So how many of us have bought from Amazon, for example, and received those emails of, you bought this, you may also have this. That's one-to-one personalization. And it's 
actually also artificial intelligence because it's the computers saying, okay, somebody's bought this product. The people who bought this product are more likely to buy this. Or at the very least, it's rules within your software, within your database that says, if somebody buys this, then we want to advertise them this next. So it could be the artificial intelligence level. It could just be a little bit of programming into your database to at least try and take people on to that upsell or cross sell. In terms of design, what I want everyone to really think about is how can I maximize people taking the action that I want them to take? So don't confuse them with lots of different actions. Try and stick to one action that's then repeated throughout your email and by that I mean either linking them to one place and you repeat that call to action throughout your email or if you're a clothing retailer for example obviously within an email you're going to have lots of different clothes so let's say you might have nine different items in your email obviously each of those is going to link to a different item of clothing that's absolutely fine. The purpose of the email still has one purpose, to drive you through to explore those products. So think about how you can maximize that. Think about how you use your typography. So having different sizes of typography as you go through your headings, your subheadings, your body copy, your call to action, how you draw the idea down the email with your design with your imagery with your typography with your content to that call to action the purpose of the email is really important so if your purpose is to get them to click through and take that subsequent action that's what you've got to focus your design around what are those cues those design cues your arrows um uh, pieces of information pulling down the page with the typography that you can move them through to that next stage so think about your objective and then link your design with that objective and then would you recommend maybe sending out test emails to batches or maybe split testing and things like that i know that's a whole different subject but Absolutely. So this is a really, really great point, Liam. Everything in email can be tested. So again, you've heard me say a couple of times, it depends. The only way that we know what works for your individual audience is exactly that, to test it. So you should be conducting a regular testing strategy. But, and here's where I see a lot of people go wrong. What people will do is say, I like this subject line over this subject line. I like this image over this image, for example. And there's obviously lots of things in your email that you can test. You can test everything. But what you need to do is form a hypothesis. We think that shorter subject lines under 35 characters will produce a higher open and click-through rate than longer subject lines over 35 characters because... 85% of our audience open our emails on a mobile device and 35 characters is the point at which a mobile device wraps. So you can see with that statement, we've really wrapped up what we think is going to happen. So what we're trying to prove or disprove, what exactly we're trying to prove or disprove. So the length of a subject line, but we've been really specific there why we think that that is something that we want to be testing because we understand our audience and how they're interacting with our emails. Putting together a hypothesis in that way 
means that you can use your results on future emails. If you use your learning and testing across your social media, so if your headlines on your social media ads or your PPC ads or in your SMS, you know, all of these things can be shared across department if you build your hypothesis in the right way. I think that's a good um, area to summarize on and finish on is that you can test things out on email that can be used elsewhere. You can test things out on even SMS that you can transition into email. Um, And it's not just a case of sending out one email every week or two weeks or four weeks and then just seeing what happens as we've, we've mentioned several times. Absolutely. So as part of my, my book, just to kind of give you a, a summary, the book has five chapters in it and it really helps you to pull all of these pieces together. So the first chapter is about understanding what you have in your strategy right now and auditing what you're currently doing. It's a really important step. The second chapter is about optimizing what you're doing now. So using your resources internally and whether you know, if you're pulling in agencies like eFocus Marketing to help and support you with your email marketing, optimizing what you're currently doing is your quick win. Chapter three is about adding to that strategy. So finding those areas of weakness and adding in your new campaigns, conducting your testing, all of those elements. Chapter four is about growing your email list to getting more people in so that they fill that funnel and go through your strategy. And then chapter five is about getting your emails delivered as well and actually into the inbox and in front of people. So I think it gives everyone a really great breakdown of what the key steps are in an email marketing strategy. So if you want to know more, that's definitely where I would suggest you start. And I'm sure people, if they read it, will get to the top of that pyramid pretty quickly um, after putting in some hard work. Definitely. Um, So yeah, thank you for some great insights. We're just going to move on to the final section, which is, um, of course, graduate advice. Uh, So if you stay right with us, we will be back very shortly. Okay, now it's time to just finish off with the graduate advice section. As always, I'm sure it will help graduates and also maybe employers that are looking to hire graduates potentially. Um, So yeah, just a few quick fire questions for you, Kate. I know the middle section was quite long, um, which is fine. Um, But yeah, do you have any personal experience that you might be able to share or if not any tips for graduates or um, someone who might be taking that first step towards their career in marketing or maybe any other role as well? Sure, absolutely. So I did a a degree at university. I went to the University of Greenwich. And what I did as part of that degree was a placement year. That was so valuable for me because it really helped me to hone in on exactly what it is that I wanted to do. And that's where I got the email marketing bug. I luckily ended up working for an email marketing company, not planned or anything like that. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I was doing a general business degree, ended up at an email marketing company and absolutely loved it. So definitely use your time at university to, you know, donate your time get involved in a few companies start learning from people even if you're not doing a placement year you know I also did a few months work for a company doing their SEO you know start learning start having a a think about what you want to do and then when I left university what I found really key was just learning 
learn, learn, learn. Dig into as much as you can. Get your company to send you on as many courses as you can. Um, you know, really invest in your knowledge and then practice that knowledge. Just do as much as you can. Get involved in as many areas of marketing as you can. Or if you know a specific area of marketing that you want to specialize in, like email marketing, then just get involved, learn, read blogs, go to events, watch webinars, you know, try and get your company, as I said, to send you on paid um, learning courses. So with the IDM or the CIM, they're great institutions to look at for training courses. That would be my key tip. I think that's a great point because I think quite a lot of my other guests have focused on what you need to do or what you could try and do before. But we haven't actually talked about when you do get that first role, if you... um, if you're enthusiastic and take up new initiatives, then that's really how you're going to learn how to do things when you're in the role rather than beforehand. Definitely. And ask people for help, you know, ask people in your company, you know, Hey, this isn't part of my current job, bro, but I'd really like to learn more about what you do. You know, ask your company if you can go and shadow someone else for a few days or, you know, ask for them if they, you know, fancy going out for lunch with you and to tell you more about their role. You know, if you're trying to figure out what it is that you want to do in terms of going forward, then ask people. But if you do know what you want to do already, focus in on that and get the key skills that you need in that area and then practice them. Um, that's a great way to summarize. Um, so, um, yeah, thanks everyone for listening. Um, I appreciate that we've we've gone quite specific on this episode, but I think it's really important to understand the benefit of email and how it um, can be used at the same time as other marketing platforms as well. Um, so yeah, if you need any further assistance, check out Kate's book. Um, hope you've enjoyed the episode and stay tuned for episode 12. Um, yeah, thank you, Kate, for being an awesome guest. Thanks, Liam. Thank you.